This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I am so excited for today because today we are talking all things Airbnb, short-term rentals, executive rentals. We've got Jordan Dermengen. He's from Art and Properties. This is a great episode. This is a great episode. Jordan was uh, was kind enough to grace us with his presence in uh, in Kokomo Studios before you left. CEO and founder of Art and Properties. And what I love about this conversation, Adam, is we haven't talked too much about this sector of the market recently, in part because there's been so many layers of rules and regulations put on on the short-term rental market here in Vancouver that, that, it's, that it's quite challenging. But therein uh, potentially lies the opportunity, right? And, and there's nobody better to break it down and explain how this market is operating today than Jordan Derringen. Yeah, and I so I get, uh, and I'm sure you do as well. But this is a is one of the number one questions that I get when talking to investors who want to invest in our market. If they're buying a rental property, they often they often ask because I think Vancouver is known for being, you know, you think movie industry, post production, a lot of stuff that is is uh, you know tech tech offices and that sort of thing where people are coming for shorter term and they need housing. And a lot of people want to see if they can increase their return by going into the short-term rental market. And it's it's always a fair question. I always feel like, given how complicated it is, the politics, always, the politics, I, the politics around it, you 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 wanna you wanna refer it out. And that's really why we wanted to have Jordan on, is because it's 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 great to have somebody who's who's got a couple hundred doors. Um, and is is doing this day in and day out because they're seeing the complications uh, every single day. Exactly. No, and and successfully uh, moving through this market. So yeah, stay tuned for that. That's uh, Jordan Derringen, CEO and founder of Art and Properties. Great conversation uh, coming up. Before we get to that, though, Adam, the Columbia Files. You've now been <laughs> you've now been there two. What have you been there two weeks? I know you're journaling every day. Well, give us give us a scoop. What's happening? Oh, I just yeah, great. I call it um, writing in my diary, Matt. Oh, okay, um, but I uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a diary. Uh, it's got a key. I went yesterday for a haircut, and uh, I just I just I, I was hoping to kind of wait till I got. How did you explain the the fade? What what? Well, this is it. This is it. Uh, I did it through a photo of Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, <laughs> My, my my body double. Uh, no, the you know what the thing is is I went down. So I I walked down the street to this. Uh, it's about like five minutes from the place we're staying, and it's this kind of mall that has uh, kind of this rundown retail space. But there's a really cool looking barber barber shop that I'd walked by the day before. So I I walk and I'm getting close to it, 
And this guy says to me, Hey, hey, my friend, taxi. And uh, I'm like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. No, gracias. And I keep walking. And the guy is kind of following me. And once I get to the door, I look and it's pretty busy in, in the barbershop. And he goes, hey, hey, haircut. And I'm like, yeah, he was my barber too. Uh, <laughs> really? So this he is, cut your hair? Yeah, so, yeah, he cut my hair. So this is uh, a good sign <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> going into it. <laughs> Uh, it was like this wait his a first second. time uh, yeah it was his first time anyways he 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 uh he was a super nice guy and um my my spanish is uh is lacking so yeah i i, I just showed him a photo but um the only thing is is he he did almost the entire haircut with uh clippers uh i say clippers but um you know oh, like uh like a like a electric razor like an electric razor. Yeah, like I've had one of those haircut. before too. Yeah. Yeah. The craziest thing is, is I, right now I'm trying to think, I, I look kind of like um, Michael Douglas from falling down. Like he gave me like a flat top. Yeah. Like a straight flat yeah. top. Yeah. You know what? I, here's the thing. I, and I, I'm making this up as I go, but I think it's culturally specific, like with certain hair types uh, that, that using the electric razor all the time makes sense. Unfortunately for you, our hair type is not one of those that falls in that camp. I don't think. I think oh, we need crazy. scissors. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I look like. Um, I'm trying to think here. I look like. Uh, no, uh, Michael Douglas. That's name? a picture that I have in my hair in my head. That is. Uh, yeah, that's an unattractive haircut. Or, or uh, what's his name from The Big Lebowski? The guy from Roseanne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dan from Roseanne. What is? Yeah, Dan from Roseanne. The Big Lebowski. <laughs> It's, it's John Goodman. It's, uh, John Goodman. John Goodman. Yeah, <laughs> I look like John Goodman, like an ex-military, uh, like yeah. like thirty years like old. I'm, yeah, yeah, I look like 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 out of shape, like like still recovering from an injury. Yeah, that's what I look like right now. So great. Oh man, page. well I'm gonna be there on Sunday or no Monday. I can't. Uh, I can't wait because that's not gonna have grown out by then. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so nothing else, nothing else. That's, that's the latest from my diary. Fantastic. Well, uh, maybe, uh, Oh, last but not least, I should say before we go, of course, we do have uh, a few more of the build more housing, Vancouver, real estate podcast t-shirts. These are a Navy, a beautiful Navy of the highest quality, Navy color, highest quality. If you're interested, reach out on Instagram, Adam, can you remember the handle? Uh, at Vancouver real estate podcast, man. That's right. Reach out on Instagram, share your favorite episode, tag us in it. We will reshare it and we'll get a shirt out to you. They're great stocking stuffers too. But maybe Adam, uh, we should cut to our talk with Jordan because this is uh, this is a good one. Really interesting side of the market that I, frankly, we don't talk a lot about on this podcast. All things short-term rental. This is great. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. 
Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Okay, so we're here with Jordan Dermengen. Uh, he's the owner at Art and Properties. How you doing, Jordan? I'm well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming down to the studio. I really appreciate your time. Jordan, maybe can we start by you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. I'm 24 years old, born and raised here in Vancouver. Started this my company uh, about three and a half years ago. And it began with a, a home that um, I essentially inherited from my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was a was an immigrant from Egypt, um, Armenian descent. His father uh, escaped the genocide in Armenia about a hundred years ago. Went to he uh, he went to Egypt. Had my grandfather, so that's my great grandfather. Had my grandfather, and then my grandfather immigrated here in the fifties. Uh, started a jewelry business within the decade of him um, immigrating here. Worked hard. It, kind of an immigrant story. Had my dad, and then. Um, yeah, my dad uh, raised me, and uh, he's in the jewelry business as well. Does some consulting as well, and um, yeah, took took his home uh, around late 2016, 2017, renovated it. And uh, by renovate, I mean I did the simple trades, then started to manage kind of things thereafter. Once it got to electrical and plumbing, and finished uh, what was supposed to be a flip, uh, and then from there. The market had had come down about twenty percent around twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, yeah, it was yeah. a slower time. So it took me about a year to, to renovate it. That's a that's a story in itself. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was like eighteen, nineteen years old trying to. And this was sort of your 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 grandfather passed away. Is that what what happened? And you inherited the home? Yeah, and um, yeah. So I was eighteen, nineteen, trying to figure out how to go from uh, pursuing a hockey career uh, to to renovating a home and. It was uh, it was quite the experience. A lot of the skills I developed through that time uh, tra- translated to to what I do now. And you know, it's one of the biggest skills is just learning how to talk to people, communicate a message, communicate a common goal, and uh, reach common ground, and and then uh, execute effectively and efficiently. So. so, so I got I got a couple questions. One is um, first about about the house. So you you inherit a house. You're 18. You think okay, this. I need to do some renovations and and then I'll sell it for a profit. The market's slow. So you do you rent it out? What 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 can you walk us through what happens then? Yeah. Because so, this is basically the origin story of of your property management company. Yeah. So when when I say inherit too, it's um it's not like I inherited the home. It's for my siblings. I have three younger siblings as well. And it's kind of just like a family legacy thing, uh, where you know, some real estate was passed down and Right. Uh, I'm the eldest of my siblings uh, and, and was just the most kind of ready to take on an opportunity where my dad thought he could uh, get uh, 
two birds, one stone, teach his son uh, something, get, get him maybe in a career path that he thought would, would be uh, fitting of my, my characteristics. And, um, you know, not have to pay a contractor or a designer and just try to <laughs> do something fun with this kid. Yeah, two birds with one stone, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we had, we had no designer, nothing, and just kind of winged it. And it turned out actually really looking really good. And it was a, a big reno, 200, 250K, but we had some costs and some loans. And come the time of, uh, you know, the, the, fin- the finishing, we were happy with the product, but the market had come down 20%. So all the effort uh, and the value we had put into the home was unrealized. Right. So that prompted, um, you know, just, uh, something to fulfill the, the issue, which was we've invested all this time, <laughs> this money, and let's get something out of it. You know, I'd, I'd gone through a month of quoting uh, tenants for the just standard traditional rent for a year, two years, and uh, figured out that the rent was probably five, fifty five hundred. And then the time my dad's girlfriend was doing Airbnb uh, for her like two bedroom laneway house and was pulling numbers like six thousand or seven thousand a month. It kind of just prompted some curiosity between my dad and I and Next thing you know, we're just like, let's, let's, why not? Like, what, what, what's there to lose here? Like, a couple months rent, we're already in the hole anyway. And I went ahead and furnished it uh, all through Craigslist. Just me and my buddy paid him for a couple days' work, picked up furniture, assembled it, mostly IKEA stuff, put kind of my, my personal touch into things and got the home furnished. And then looked at a couple of videos on YouTube and said, okay, let's, let's try this Airbnb and fell in love with it. Yeah, got got very passionate about providing an authentic experience to people that were coming uh, and needing accommodations in Vancouver. And I think that my, you know, my past and my my career in hockey, I had I'd pursued hockey my whole life and uh, grew up here in Vancouver, not really knowing, you know, what the rest of Canada looks like, like in depth, you know, to live there. And I just thought maybe everywhere in the world has mountains and oceans <laughs> and buildings and ski That's resorts. what I worry about. We're originally from Winnipeg, so you don't have to tell us. But uh, yeah. I often think about my daughter. Like, she will be biking the seawall or something, and she's like, so what? I'm like, oh, man, you have no idea. Well, yeah. seriously, right? Like, And, you know, like, um, when I'd go on vacation as a kid with my family, uh, I'd always get homesick. And it kind of started to make sense around this time because... I, I the year prior to doing the reno i played hockey across canada and i also played in a so in alberta a town called olds uh which is like eight thousand people population like one of the coolest spots to hang out it's an a&w yeah um <laughs> and uh and the other place was a was brockville ontario and that's also a smaller place a little bit bigger but you know, no, nothing in, in relative to vancouver right. in terms of like a, a community and and I mean, I'm sure there's community, but not 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 nothing that I was accustomed to. So, and and I definitely adapted, and and you know, I wanted to make the most of the situation there. But it just helped me realize, like, wow, like I was one of the luckiest people in the world to be born in Vancouver, and uh, I was able to take you know what I had learned there and kind of being homesick, uh, playing hockey, and realizing like, okay, I I want to make a career here and figure out a way to afford Vancouver on my own and afford to yeah, live in the city because. At the time, like I just graduated high school and there was just this buzz about go to university, get your career figured out so you can live in the city. You don't have to move to Surrey. And that yeah, that was a big narrative in my life. And that was pressure that I had on 
on me um, in terms of my decision to continue to pursue hockey. So anyway, once uh, fast forward a couple of years, once that's Reno's done and I'm starting a hospitality business and I'm showcasing my city, I had experiences to to leverage and get behind and uh, actually like just be present and, and, and passionate about what I was doing. So, you know, I just was successful right away. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Like, I have a girlfriend too, who's like very, uh, just intuitive and, and, um, just very fashionable and, uh, just gets things in terms of like aesthetics and, and functionality. And just, she's, she's just dialed. So she helped me a lot with, you know, picking hospitality essentials, uh, make like, learn like we would clean the place the first couple times me and her and she's like so ocd so she should teach me a lot of that and even do it but then you know as i progressed and you, know, you get your first couple groups through you start to realize okay what's a more efficient way to do this okay now we're doing accounting what can i uh account for what what, what can my budget be for the cost okay i can outsource cleaning i can outsource maybe supplies at a different um retailer or maybe i can go wholesale and over time, just started to build an equation uh, that was just headed in the right direction. So you're starting to scale, basically. N- not scale in terms of properties, but scale in terms of uh, efficiency. Okay. I say right Systems off the bat. Systems in place and-, and and effectiveness in terms of providing an experience to the to the guests. Because a lot of um, the, the direction I went when I was first starting was okay. I know nothing about doing this. Where can I learn? And a kid who's um, born in 1998. <laughs> You know, where you learn is YouTube. <laughs> Not, well, I mean, yeah, or the internet, right? So, right. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of great resources uh, out there. And, and I just got obsessed with it and, and then uh, executed and, and wasn't afraid to, you know, to put that extra effort in and yeah, it added up. So that first, uh, you know, basically three, four, six months in a quarter or two of a year in, right. Uh, I was like doubling, tripling rent. Uh, gross, uh, and then I think like by the summer I was four times in rent, and uh, and this is so you're focused on this on the single house, like this is your this entire what you're discussing is is that house, like yeah. you're just you put it on Airbnb, oh, yeah. VRBO, and you're and I'm like I got my stuff there, I'm 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 living there when I when I can, um, I'm talking to guests, seeing if they're you know okay with me being there uh and then if not like cuz i you know i this was like my supplementary income i was taking com- i was take i was young and i was taking a commission off the airbnb i was running with a with a home i had essentially just renovated and poured my life into the last year and a half two years and um it was a big deal for me and uh yeah so i just li- like live at my girlfriend's when i had guests there kind of go back and forth and yeah i was trying to mo- maximize occupancy because the utility was there in terms of the income and and uh uh yeah just did everything i could to to, to make it work and it worked out well uh, that by the summertime i was you know four times in rent netting it's somewhere between two and a half to three times rent and um my realtor was taking note of it because I was just letting him know because we were previously trying to sell the home. And then he referred me to one person and uh, it was a laneway um, just on like 63rd in Maine and went and did the exact same thing in terms of from furnishing to doing the making the listing, starting the marketing. Now I had two going. I could compare different demographics. Uh, and, the, these- and the house, sorry, location, was it in East Van? Or? Yeah, so the so the first one, the, the original property of my ground... Um, was uh 35th victoria drive six bedroom vancouver special 
and I had updated it extensively, like $250,000 reno, taking down walls. I had got building permits, you know, not to, not to go back, but I remember this funny story. Like I remember when I was doing the reno and I got realized I had to get permits because the city inspector knocked on the door and said, Hey, like you got to get permits. I got to put a, a stop, stop to work order here. Right. Um, <laughs> I went into the, into the city with my appointment with like regular size, loose leaf paper, but that, those were, those were my plans. Yeah. You drew them. Yeah. 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 And then he's like, no, this <laughs> I've isn't heard how this story before. Then, yeah. This isn't how it works. At least you were young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they laughed and Matt did that in his forties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then you come up with the big paper and you know, that was just, that's just a testament to like the learning curve I, I was going through. And a lot of the time I felt helpless. Like I just felt like maybe like, you, know, you get is, caught in the city's tentacles. Everyone feels helpless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, um, I had all this like time that I, I had committed and it was kind of applying pressure. Like, let's make it worth it. Let's make it worth it. Like, let's, let's do something. So by the time I got my second client, I was like, Hey, this is a side business. And in the midst of all this, I'm going to university. Like I'm transferring from arts to solder business school, uh, trying to figure out what, like, if this works out, like, is this something I want to do? Does, do I want to go another direction? Do I want to get a job? My whole life was committed to hockey prior to anything, any of this. So like I, I, was focused and I lacked perspective in a lot of things and university was great for that. And so was going out there and doing things in the real world. So, and, and the jewelry business never crossed your mind or my dad kind of picked that up mostly from my grandfather after he had passed away. And then my younger brother, who's just a year and a half younger than me was kind of heading that direction. He's a little bit more of like a, a creative type person than I am. And, and uh, like, he's very into music and he just like could appreciate like fine gems and, they sell a lot of watches too. And right. um, it was just kind of more catered towards him and the real estate. Like I, I like the finer things in life and real estate is tied to, you know, just money. Here. <laughs> so like I, I was, I was okay with going like that direction. And um, yeah, like again, a, a big thing that prompted me was being able to afford to live in Vancouver. And um, you know, some people, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can focus on making affordability in Vancouver uh, a little, little easier for people. But my way was just get it. Let's 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 get it going. Yeah, let's 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 get let's make the most of this opportunity of being young and getting ahead of the curve. That was just my approach and to each their own. Well, well, nobody. And, and I also was set up very well, too. And but, you know, my my family and my grandfather, he, he, they worked their ass off. And, right. and I did not take that for granted. I wanted to to leave my mark here and uh, just. Yeah, trans- transcend transcend my name as well. So. But it does seem like, I mean, set up well, but like two things that strike me. One is this idea of celebrating the city that comes out of basically traveling across the country yep. and, and realizing like that's kind of an, a, a really interesting part of the story. And second, an opportunity in a downturn, right? Like you had to pivot in a downturn and actually came out of it uh, four times in the rent, uh, you know, and starting to scale, which is kind of a, you know, hats off to you, right? That's a, that's not something, some people would have sold it at a 20% loss, went back to school and, uh, and that would have been it. So, oh yeah. so, so, thank you. You know, maybe, uh, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting story for sure, but art and properties, can you talk a little, so we've gotten, you have the one house, you have a second laneway that you're looking after you're going to UBC. Can you talk a little bit about starting the company, 
I, I noticed you have an Arden tattoo. Uh, so what Arden means, uh, starting the company and, and a little bit more about the company. Oh yeah. So, uh, Arden is my grandfather's name. I named the company after him because uh, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for him. And, uh, my dad, my dad worked very hard growing up. Wasn't really around too much. Like he, he was around. I'm not trying to be a victim here, but, uh, he worked, he, he was working, working a lot. And my grandfather was, was there as a, as a presence, like as, you know, as a mentor and, uh, instilled a lot of my morals, values, and beliefs in life. And, um, one of the last things he said to me was always keep your integrity. And that stuck with me hard. And that's kind of what his name means to me. It's kind of, you know, one of, one of the ways I want to do long-term business. And, um, so I named it that, and also, uh, his jewelry company had died down after he had died. And that was kind of around the time I was starting my company. Now it's back and running because my brother and my dad, but, um, there was no art. so I wanted to continue that legacy. And that's why I named it that. And it's a unique name. I find that a lot of the people in the space are like, host this, host that short-term rental, this Airbnb, like Jordan's Airbnb or. Uh, host something right so i wanted to be different and arton's a very different name it's armenian and uh it just made sense so yeah i named uh, named it that how it got started so once i had that second client and i did and i started tripling his rent i was like okay let's either i'm good at this or there's a market gap or both and i'm okay with either (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna keep doing it and like school was still important because i this wasn't a sure thing and i didn't know if i was even cut out for it but i was getting after it every day and um this the time frame here now is like 2019 i had a friend i went to high school with uh early high school who was doing it and was had already scaled to 100 properties this company's host genius so by the time i had two or maybe even the first one i'd call them up and said like hey like how do you how did you do this? Like, and just kind of learned a little bit off him, but he wasn't willing to give that much either. <laughs> I think he, he, he remembered me and he could tell I was a motivated guy. And, um, but we, you know, we have a great relationship and we, we help each other out. Um, but I just, I, I knew like this, this could be a thing. So late 2019, um, my dad's selling jewelry refer, refers me to a client just basically through, through like talking about what they're, we have, they had kids the same age. Oh, my kid's doing this. My kid's doing that. And he's like, maybe your kid could help me out. I I have a I have a property where um, we recently renovated, and my kids live there right now, but they're going to university. So then I took that and furnished it, got it ready for Airbnb. And the day it was ready, because I started like very early 2020, I got the referral very late 2019. Uh, I was in school, and there wasn't too much of a rush to get it, to get it ready. Uh, but the day I finished furnishing it, and you know they had some they had some delays on their on their side was uh march 16th 2020 that was the day i listed it on airbnb and that day was the day the pandemic started right it was announced worldwide so you know i I tell this in depth because it's another prompt to my business um previously i had i you know i had two clients and it had completely relied on the travel industry and now uh, i double my clientele because it's a laneway or sorry it's a basement suite and a top suite of a, a four bedroom on main street 38th and main and I uh, have a guy I don't know very well, and I have a commitment to him, and it's also a way for me to grow my business. And I have this new like problem where there's like no one knows what's going on at all in the world. It's unprecedented. And uh, I have this, this home to fill, and I have exams to write at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, it was great because it got me to think, like, how else can I rent these homes 
um, it, it, different than a traditional way to rent them. And because he wanted the control of the home, like he wanted to make sure his kids can come back. So he didn't want the residential tenancy. Yeah. Act yeah. He, he yeah. wanted control of it. Right. right. He want, he wanted to be able to say that his, like, so his kids can go live there. And yeah, he, him and his wife had downsized to an apartment and right. his kids didn't have anywhere to go. And, uh, I just called every hospital, uh, every company I could think of. And I just landed an insurance contract with plumbing. Like there's a plumbing issue in their home and got like one and a half times their rent. And, you know, it wasn't necessarily numbers I was doing the year before on Airbnb, but it was, it was definitely good enough to impress them and, and say, okay, let's keep it going. And then, yeah, I kept that going through spring and summer of 2020. And then I had a, another, I just kind of had some more financial pressure. I was becoming more independent as I was just getting older. I was 19. And uh, I called that same homeowner and said, hey, if you have any other homes, I just have a feeling you do. You seem like a wealthy guy. You know, I'd, I'd like another opportunity. Or, and I, I think I can do this, this and that to to increase your, your revenue. And you know, I'm committed to this. I'll take care of all the tedious aspects of, of um, just taking care of the property. And and he, he he was impressed with what I did and wanted to give me that shot. Like it was it was it was the type of thing where he he liked me and he just wanted to give me a shot. Like there was no other reason why. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the home and it was a really rundown home on 20th and Camby, which was a great location and kind of had the same game plan, corporate rental or Airbnb. And I told him I need thirty thousand dollars to renovate it if this is going to work. Otherwise, like it's just not going to work, and we might as well not do it. And he took another risk risk with me, and I ended up spending fifty thousand. Um, but I got a reno done, cosmetic, used what I had learned from my last reno, applied it, worked sixteen hour days for a full for thirty days straight, and I got a reno done in thirty days from by the, the month I started, I doubled his rent right away, and then the month after that, I two and a half times it. And then for the year, you know, it was double in a pandemic. And this was corporate. So you were the the rentals in this space as well were insurance or? Yeah, insurance, uh, film and Airbnb. Okay, so the, it was kind of opening up a bit at this point. Still a pandemic, but not like full lockdown where you're actually. Yeah, so the market at that time was like everyone was just so eager to get out of their house because they had been forced to stay in their house. And then it, you were just getting hit by waves of restrictions by the government. So like I had to just like play my cards. There was also much less supply in the market. Right. So that was also in my favor. Yeah, but I found it like I just found a way um, and filled them. And I had only like four, four or five homes to focus on at the time. So it's a little different than it is now. And yeah, just continued university. One, one of my homes got bed bugs, another financial constraint. And then I just started cold calling because I was like, I need to find a way to pay my bills. My dad had seen that I was starting to, independent and just cut me off completely and was like learn how to fly a kid and and uh, props to him like he's that's good dad for doing that and and yeah so i started cold calling i had a lead uh from the year prior through an, uh, an electrical trades that i had used and referred me pandemic came along didn't get the client but then a year later it was like going into 2021 and i just cold called her she had an apartment in Squamish, went did the same thing there, furnished it out of my touch. Then I just tripled her rent. And then she was so impressed, she referred me to eight more people. So then like I go from like six to uh, 14 or 12, like somewhere in between there within like a month or two. And then now I got like, uh, I got I got some good income and I, and I can start making decisions um, to 
to invest in myself. And uh, yeah, from there, I I hired an employee and he became my executive admin. He took care of invoicing and just doing tedious aspects for me. We worked as like a two-man team together. Um, took that from like, I think I hired him at 15 at the time, 16 to 20 something, 25. And, and then it was nearing the end of 2021. I had a great summer. Um, and then I hired a couple, couple more and, you know, just kind of repeated the same process, uh, hired more cold called like crazy as my uh, overhead went up and did my, did my pitch, you know, the thing is that what we provide and just art, what art and properties can do for you is one, we max, we expose your property to markets that pay premiums and maximize your income through, through that service Two, we provide you more accessibility and control of your property. And that's just through the market we, we, we lease to, which they don't, they, they don't have control of the home for a year, right? They, they're, they're in and they're out, whether that be a week or a month they're they have the intention to stay there for a shorter period of time therefore you can block it off just basically a month in advance notice and go and stay there again or put family in there that's a that's a big value for a lot of people and then three uh the comprehensive management which just about every property management company whether you're traditional or short-term covers and then four i have my ways and uh strategy and uh to ensure that this whole process is seamless and, and successful so we elevate the property. We we present budgets to say, hey, if you do this, the, this, and that, your ROI is going to go this direction, and it's worthwhile, and uh, we'll even finance it for you if we really believe in it. So, um, yeah, that's 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 kind of our, our, our value props right there. And we call, and either some people wouldn't believe me, they'd believe me, or they wouldn't care, or they'd be interested. And you know, uh, you guys know how cold calls work. Some work, some don't. Most don't. <laughs> uh, but I was I was relentless. Like I, right. I I saw this window of opportunity, and I just said, you know, this is my this is my chance to start a company and to kind of get away from the the rat race and and set myself apart. And I just I devoted myself entirely. And and how many doors do you have? So how many properties are under management currently? Um, we have about a hundred, and there's there's a lot more coming. But uh, yeah, about about a hundred. So f- exponential growth. Yeah, yeah. Busy so couple was, years in, in a in a short period of time. Yeah, a year ago we were at twenty five. So, um, and it's just through word of mouth for sure. Like I probably got like twenty to thirty through cold calls. But um, I really what most important thing to me is to provide a, a service that leaves people with a memorable impression, and um, that is. And that's how Airbnb started. And not that I only do Airbnb. There's a large part of my portfolio now is corporate, but it's kind of all the same as accommodations. Just realizing that the people that are in my homes, this is a time in their life that's special to them. Uh, if they look back on their last year, they probably look back at the time they spent in my homes and think, wow, that was one of the most memorable times of the year because I wasn't home. I had uh, made the decisions to leave my home visit a city, whether it was for vacation or corporate or whatever it was to even go visit the hospital here. If there's from the interior, like it was, it was an important part of the year. They had to leave home and we have an influence on, on how that goes in terms of the accommodations and hospitality. So take that, um, take that seriously. And um, if you, you do a good job and you, 
you know, a great saying that Brian Chesky, CEO, said of Airbnb that stuck with me is, you know, you can get thousands of people to like you. That's great. But you get a hundred people to love you. That's game changing. That's how he grew his network with Airbnb. He got people to be obsessed with his company and just, you know, word of mouth travels fast. And uh, I did what I could as a single man team to start and then did what I could to influence a small team. And I'm still trying to do that with a little bit larger team. And 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 so this scale, like you basically, you're four times as large as you were a year ago. What I'm just curious in terms of scale or scaling, what's been the biggest challenge? Because you've scaled pretty quickly in the last year. Yeah. Uh, the biggest challenge has been uh, managing stress. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of a joke, but not really. Um, the, the biggest challenge has been keeping the integrity of the company, right? So at scale, uh, it's much harder to manage the inventory, your inventory, like just making sure it's there, let alone the consistency of the cleans, right? If you're contracting to a company, you're abiding by their schedule, right? I had to bring that in-house once I hit 25 properties i was like hey i can't like if the cleaning company's having problems that can't be my problem i gotta sure. i gotta bring this in house that was a big thing for me a year ago you know and just nailing down the the company service to a t is probably my biggest focus right now as well as sales you know we're, we're going in a period where people were just fanatic about traveling about a month ago two months ago three months ago. just basically from february onwards there was just this crazy uptick in the short-term rental market and now it's basically people are coming back to their real lives and replanning you know their next travel then so you there's a noticeable difference in the market and uh kind of just brings me back to when in those covid days where i had to get creative and find new avenues to rent these homes out in a way where you know i can provide the the, you provide value in the parameters that were set by my clients Mm -hmm. we're a very client-centric company right like uh, it's not it's not like kind of blanket, like just rent out my home for a month. Some people, it's like they live there and they're back within two weeks. They just say in a month in advance, you got a two week window to rent rent my home, do what you can do. Right. And then they're back. Some people, it's like my kid's at university. He has this apartment. I want to offset the mortgage, rent it out while he's gone to university or rent it out while he's on a summer vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some, the 30 day market's been growing and some are investment properties that, you know, I go month to month and it's a little easier to rent out a home for a year than it is a month to month and hit a hundred percent occupancy, which is not what I promise. I don't promise anything, but that's what we do. Right. And, and if I, we, if we didn't do it, then it wouldn't be successful. You miss one month of the year. That's you know, around eight, seven, eight percent of the possible revenue. Right. So yeah, the, like the sales is a big part right now and don't, doesn't, you don't have to worry about it too much. And, late spring, summertime at all. But yeah, that's, that's one of the challenges. As we're heading into the, yeah, because I it's been a the last, as and you said it uh, said as much, but the last eight months has been probably going like gangbusters, right? Like the just a huge boom yeah. in the kind of post-COVID yeah, so travel like, market. Like you said, uh, like uh, I've I 5X my business uh, in this uptick roar and I got all these people's standards super high um and uh now it's like just dealing with keeping them happy but like i i keep people like i'm pretty straight with people i try to be as transparent as possible i I remind people like hey even though we were 3xing your rent through the summer we're still one and a halfing it over the course of the year we're still going to double it i take that 
Right. <laughs> you right. Know? Yeah. Like just like I know it's not perspective. As, I know you may have went and bought a bunch of designer clothes while it was three. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm joking. S- send them to the jewelry si- yeah. business. Okay, so Jordan, I'm just and and I kind of this is a, a bit of a selfish question, but I'm I'm somebody out there is curious. Like they have a, a rental that's unfurnished, right? Um, I've got a I've got an Airbnb friendly building, a unit in an Airbnb friendly building. Yeah, it's a two and den. Long term unfurnished rent is about thirty four thirty five hundred dollars a month. Should I consider Airbnb or a monthly rental? And and how does that break down if if i if i go with art and properties for sure yeah so uh where's it located so it's in chinatown chinatown yeah the first step would be to, to, for me to come see it for me or someone on my team to come see it uh we take a look we establish your market rent it's 34 3500 i'll take your word for it and then we'll see if you're eligible in terms of your building bylaws and the city bylaws um city bylaws the your the entire the entirety of whether or not you're allowed to do it depends on whether you're a principal resident. That's the contingency of the license. So uh, to be a principal resident, you have to prove that you live there. And uh, if you're unable to prove that, then you're unable to get a license, which means you're unable to do. So it's cut and dry in Vancouver, right? It's just it's either your principal residence and you're doing Airbnb, which would be you living there at the six same time the or no, six months of the year. I think it's you have to be there six months of the year, right? No, there's actually no requirement in terms of uh, how many days you live there. You just basically have to prove someone based on subjective decision. uh, And by someone, that's just whoever's going to audit you. I think at some point you're going to get audited um, that you live there. And and, um, yeah, I think principal residency and live there, that's something for the city to, to start, you know, maybe putting some thought into. Like, it's 2022. Uh, we just finished a pandemic and the whole residency thing w- went totally into question um, in terms of, you know, technology just uh, compounded and and just hit a, a huge uptick, right? In terms of you can work from anywhere now. <laughs> right. So that's what people are doing. Um, and it's not everyone in the world, but it's an increasing number month by month as technology continues to develop. And you know, when people have a home base, which is essentially what a principal residency is in 2022, um, you know, they can go and travel and, and work here and work there. And then if they feel as though it's worthwhile to earn supplementary income, then they have the right to do so in the, in the city's eyes. If you're a firefighter, you go four days on, four days off. You know, that's the, that's the city's uh, ideal scenario. If you go to Palm Springs for half the year or quarter of the year, then yeah, you're allowed to Airbnb your, your, your place. Um, hey everyone, pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just 
feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. So just scenarios like that. You okay. Could, you, you could go on and on. So so in this Chinatown scenario, you, you'd come see the place, you'd look at market rent, you'd establish whether or not it's actually eligible or what it's eligible for, right? If it's a principal residence and I guess the strata bylaws. Yeah. And and then and then what happens? So let's say you're planning to live there. Like you, you're moving in in a month, but you know six months from now, um, you have a business venture overseas and you're going to be gone for five months or however long it is. It's just dynamic. You're, you're, you're uncertain as to when you come back to Canada. But, um, you know, you live in Canada. Canada is your home base. This is your principal residency. There's no way you'd, you'd call anywhere else your principal residency. So th- with, you'd be eligible. Um, and with that, you know, we we take a look at your home and we'd say, okay, it needs furniture, obviously, because we're going to we're going to rent it out to, to people. And we'd want to furnish it in a way that's going to be strategic given your goals. Your goals may be to maximize your income. Your goals may be to probably maximize your income. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so to do that, you need to make the most enticing property possible. And you need to uh, have a, a market reach that is, you know, as large as large as can be. You know, big things for that are getting things like uh, a work desk. So people, you know, so you can accommodate for people to work from home or maybe that are on the go, right? Smart TV, you have all the streaming devices there, certain decor and a a theme to the home that really can resonate with, you know, X amount of people that scroll through. And if they like this Baja look, or they like this, you know, ultra modern look, or, you know, there's, there's just going to be people where it clicks. Right. Right. Uh, And that would be, that would, that's one of the ways we do it. Um, And yeah, so we would develop that. It would also be in line with how you would want your property to look. And then we establish a budget with you. And obviously, the larger the budget, the more room for creativity and the more room for just nicer things. But then the lower the budget, you know, vice versa. But let's go with low budget. Okay. So, I guess the yeah. question is is uh, the budget, I mean, obviously, everybody likes to work with a high budget, but does that actually translate into an ROI? Yeah, it's a great question. It's something that I discuss with a lot of clients and uh, something that I, have a full-on employee that just furnishes my homes now uh do so yeah it does and the reason for that is most people that do go on 
do Airbnb or do something of this sort or just trying to maximize their ROI. So they're buying as cheap as possible, trying to get a certain return. And you just realize like you're cookie cutter, right? So uh, when you're going and you're seeing all this Ikea furniture in every home and maybe you, you're just like, maybe maybe you are a price. You're, just the way you're going to get outside of the price sensitive market and get people to pay like, you know, astronomical rates for your home, which is possible, Right. You provide them. You provide a apartment with with a decent view, but it looks really good. You're gonna have people. You're gonna have people with just a lot of disposable income that are like, okay, that's that's the spot, and they just book it. They they don't even really care about the price, right? You're appealing. It's being marketed to a mass mass market. There's so many individuals there. There's gonna be high rollers, right? So you're you're trying to capture a couple high rollers a month to just yeah, like give give you. A nice payday for for every month and um you know the rest you can fill in with people that are maybe a little bit more on the budget and it's kind of the way you you price out calendars is is puzzle fitting right based on price discrimination that makes a lot of sense yeah i mean i think about booking trips like especially if it's like a once in a lifetime trip or if someone's really excited to come here you could see somebody just wanting a property that's kind of perfect for the trip right especially if they have disposable income how much do we spend on hot tubs? Oh, I feel yeah. like when we book uh, yeah, places, it's tub. like a hot tub. I feel tub. like I always click the hot tub. You uh, add a couple hundred bucks a night, and you're like, "Well, it's got a hot tub." Though. That's right the, for the forty-five I mean, I think minutes that's a that people use it. Symbolic of the of of all of what you're talking about, right? Like that yeah, the experience, <laughs> the the kind of high level experience that you provide. Yeah, so you're absolutely bang on. So, like a king bed is also another big thing. Right. Like people just will be like, maybe they don't have a king bed in their apartment and they're just excited about sleeping on a king bed for a week or, you know, or they have a king bed and they just refuse to sleep on anything else. Right. right. So if you have the room to put a king bed, do it because you're just going to appeal to like no one who uh, is okay with a king or a queen is going to say no to a king, but people, sure. but people will say no to a queen. Right. <laughs> right so right, you want right. to, you want to keep that. And, you know, I have experience doing this. So you, what people are, benefiting from is leveraging my expertise right right anyway we pick we got our strategy then we go first we establish a budget with you we, we stay within the the confines of the budget okay that's our that's our onboarding cost that's our that's our fixed cost right uh then when we get the license while we're while we're doing this that's on you right you got to go and get the license it's your license gets provided to me I, i'm the property manager uh and then we begin marketing so my my company is a big Part of why we're good is because we're we're good at marketing. We have great photographers. Uh, we know how to. We have. I have a. Co- I literally pay someone to do copyright and sits in my office and just does all my. He writes my emails for me sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, you know the the way you present yourself is huge, and so we take that. Uh, we do a great job at that, and then we stand out. So, and the whole the whole goal here is to provide top percentile value in exchange for top percentile income returns right it's actually a trade-off you can't provide like a half decent or middle ground product and expect you know a high-end results you're going to get middle ground results so really ensuring that you're you're okay with at least maximizing uh what you're comfortable with spending or what you're comfortable investing uh is worthwhile because you know it's totally okay not not to like, like to go well, we will tell you if if there's a diminishing uh, return on your investment, obviously, right? But if you 
if you pour enough into it, you're going to, you're going to get that benefit back and it's soon. So anyway, furnish it. And then we, we, we start marketing it. We cap, we, we capture the, the demand as, as best we can. And then we handle all the operations so all the cleaning services. Um, it's provided in house. So, uh, we, and we handle, you know, all the, all the, all the scheduling, uh, all the pricing of the calendar, optimizing the pricing. Um, you know, looking in advance for specific dates where there'd be a higher higher demand. Um, you know, actively pricing it two to three times a day to tri- to trigger SEO boosts. Um, we, my team and I, I coach them on the algorithm for Airbnb all the time to to maximize uh, just our our effectiveness and, and what we do on the, on that platform. And yeah, it's just it's hassle free. I mean, I could go on and on about all the logistics. It's it's highly intensive. Garbage pickup, right? Um, you know, the amount of things people complain on on that app are insane. So all the all the guest communications, the people trying to negotiate rates, we handle all of that. In essence, we just act in your best interest. So I get an understanding of who you are as a client, what your goals are with your property, um, and you know maybe a couple other things that are going on in your life that may affect the situation, and and. Uh, we keep that in mind. We create a profile profile for you and, and then just act in your best interest. That's perfect. So then, so then what would you expect? Like what would be your cost for Airbnb? So overhead cost for Airbnb on our side would be cleaning and supplies. Okay. So, and that's not covered by my company. That's covered by the rental revenue. Uh, so it's just an overhead cost. And then you will, you would pay the utilities because it'd be your principal residence. So that would be something that you would have to do in, either with your accountant or your or your own accounting but we would we would provide you a detailed income statement at the end of every month with your rental revenue whether that be through short term or corporate or some other avenue uh, and then your expenses your expenses are usually cleaning supplies um, maintenance if 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 occurred um, and then uh, yeah those are those are Basically, if it's a home, then, you know, grass cutting and, and, and the other sorts of maintenance that would go outside of like things breaking down. But that's just really dependent on what kind of month it is and if it happens. And then, uh, yeah, you're usually netting on any given month, one and a half to two and a half, even three times market rent on a consi- market rent. with my company on a consistent basis. Right. And that's and and that's netting. So that's after everything. That's after everything. So like you're grossing like four to five, three x. So so in this Chinatown example, if it's let's just say it's thirty five hundred, you can expect seven grand. Yeah, yeah. Like like without having seen it over over the <laughs> over the course of the year. Yeah. Right. Like if we started today and averaging know, over the course. Of the yeah. Year. If we started today, it's, it's low season. So, I, you know, I'd expect a place like that to maybe get you like four and a half to five right now. But in the summer, you may get 10 to 14 net. Right. <laughs> because so, the thing about it, like 500 bucks a night for a two bedroom means 250 a bedroom, which means you're uh, playing the average of, of a, like a hotel here in Vancouver, you know, very middle ground, even less than average hotel charges 200 per bed. Sure. You go to the pack rim, it's like $1,000 per bed. Plot us. We don't go to the pack rim, but uh, never heard of it. <laughs> but if you do, right? Like yeah. that, that's, that's the market yeah. you're competing with. Yeah. So totally. if, if, you have, if you have like a top-end product in this market, and then you comparing it to top-end product pack rim in the hotel, you're still slicing them by 75%, 50%, and you're still earning like and you get a, And you rates. get a great kitchen, and you get, you know, proper bedrooms and a proper condo right and exactly. I, I and so i just want to understand so 
So say it's not my, because a lot of people listening are, it's, they're going to want to maximize their rent. They're going to want to move to potentially a shorter term model to be able to use their property or have family use their property, but it's not going to be their principal residence. So that cuts out the Airbnb component, but do you still have a service for them in the shorter term, kind of more like corporate rental or monthly rental? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we do 30 day minimums and, uh, we essentially just use a couple different platforms to market that one being Airbnb, VRBO, same sort of thing. And we just use 30 day minimums. What's happening there is you're putting a 30 day minimum property on a platform where people, where most people are looking for less than 30 days, but there's an ever growing market of people that are looking for month by month or even two months. So even though there's like a fat commission that's taken by Airbnb, you have these people with corporate budgets that are told, hey, go look, just look for a place. And they go to Craigslist and everything's there is posted for 12 months or six months minimums. And then they're like, where do I go? And they often get brought to Airbnb somehow. Right. And then they, and then, you know, they book there. And uh, that's, so we market there and then the, we market through a couple other channels as well. But the other main source of how I fill these 30 day minimums homes are just my corporate network that I've developed over the years and continue to develop. And that's just relationships with insurance agency brokers, uh, people in the film industry, production companies, actors, actresses, um, and just reoccurring guests. Is that uh, what, in terms of the the different return on for rents, is it is it much different if you're doing 30 days versus Airbnb nightly rentals? Yeah, yeah, it is different. Um, uh, on on average, you're going to expect 140 percent return, maybe instead of like a 200 percent return, uh, um, 135 to 165 percent return, and then you know you can you can just about double it in the summer, um, but it's just the the ceilings are are a little uh, less lower. Steep. Uh, yeah. And and what about somebody like just in in terms of those those returns? Do you find, generally speaking, Airbnb like do the units get beat up a lot quicker? Like, is there? I, I guess is there? What is the risk in terms of that actual the 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 higher reward? Great question. So to answer it right away, no, because uh, we have to keep it to a standard where it's going to continue to impress mm-hmm. and exceed expectations. And we have cleaners in there instead of it maybe bringing a cleaning crew every year when you turn over a tenant, it's at least every month, if not every week, if not twice a week. Mm-hmm. So you're getting these cleaners coming in there doing an inspection, wiping everything down and the home just gets kept better. Right. When I grew my business, I was, I was simultaneously handling leases for people that just came to me because they heard about me while I was, I was just this young kid that spoke well and, and was providing good results to people and they didn't want to do Airbnb. So I took a couple of them on, ended up offloading those just because it wasn't really worth the time at some point. And then also just, I, I was, I didn't, I wasn't a uh, property manager. So it was just a thing that I helped out with for, for a year. Um, but I was seeing the, the difference in how these properties were getting treated. And a lot of the time, you know, someone can present themselves really well when they come and, and try to rent your home. That's just about anyone does. And then two months later, they're like, you know, smoking weed in it every day, like leaving craft dinner on the on the counters. Like there's like mold, there's, there's bugs. Like, and then with Airbnb, people are in and out. And even though, you know, like I've been in an Airbnb before I was doing Airbnb and my, me and my friends drank a lot and maybe left a mess, but 
you know, it gets cleaned. Like anything that happens to your property, like uh, if, unless it gets like on goes on fire or there's like major fl- flood damages, can get fixed. And you have their credit cards on file. You have security deposits. Right. You have all this protection. And you have a, if you have a company that's doing it for you and has the pressure to get you those results and ensure that your home is kept in the best care possible, and that's one of the top priorities of of why they're working with you, then you know, yeah, your home is going to be kept in better care than with the long term tenant on average for sure, like without a doubt. And that's that's a huge misconception with mm-hmm. Airbnb, mm-hmm. right? And and a lot of the reason for that, right, is uh, one, you're just inviting more. Um, strangers in your home right. with more frequency. And that's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's just inevitably higher risk. But, you know, we, there's a lot of those strangers out there looking for homes and we have screening practices and we don't do things that it's going to keep us up at night. Well, right? and, so, and the interesting thing is, is that, you, you know, you're, you have more people coming through the home, but you have a much higher monitor rate, right? Like right. you're constantly oh. checking, like, you know, often on long-term rentals, you know, some people never, it's like, oh, yeah, they've been there a year and a half. I've been there once. Yeah, you, you know? forget even if they're paying rent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or if they're paying rent, you, you're yeah. just like, all right, that's good. And it's like, who knows what condition it's actually in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's in more intensive and there's there's benefits to that, right? There's obviously, you put in more effort and that sucks. But if you hire a company and they're providing you even higher returns because they have expertise. So maybe you're making even more money than you would if you were doing it on your own just because you're leveraging their expertise. Yet you're not doing any work. It's basically passive. Right. You know, that's the win-win situation we're trying to create for our clients. So one thing that's kind of changed over the last couple of years here is insurance and condo insurance. It it can be challenging, especially if a unit's vacant to get insurance. But do you have any challenges with short-term rentals around insurance? And I know you're not an insurance broker, but do you have people that, that you work with that you can put people in touch with for insurance purposes? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for prefacing. I'm not an insurance broker. <laughs> I guess that's literally what I say to these people. <laughs> yeah. But no, yeah, I do. Uh, a good friend of mine, Growing up, their family owns Buntane Insurance, so okay. um, I just send them that way. And um, they have all kinds of brokers and people to, to get you in contact with. But essentially what you're just going to find is short-term rental insurance is expensive. Yep. Right? And for the exact reason we just discussed, higher frequency of strangers. So, you know, you also, but you're also insured by Airbnb. It's up to a million dollars USD uh, for, for any claim. Right. So you have a million dollars USD coverage. If you're really worried about it, uh, which most people are, you can also get short term rentals insurance or depending on your structure, you know, and let's say you your your principal resident is a renter, but they're subleasing through Airbnb. You know, maybe you get normal rental insurance because like your principal residence uh, a renter. I don't know. It's it, that's left. It, that's left to the variance of, of situations. Mm-hmm. But you can't really get away from the costs of the risk premium with short-term rentals uh, when you're paying for. It's just part of it. Part of it. That's only if you want to go down that route, though. They're, like a lot of people, a lot of my clients, they get into it and they're just like, "I'm game for the risk." Like this, like you can't. I mean, in anything you do in life, you can't make money with some sort of risk premium. So if the people are coming to me and they're one of their goals is to make money. They, they gotta also be willing to accept risk, and I just I'm highly transparent on that. It's like, you know, don't don't come here thinking that it's everything's perfect. Like it wouldn't be perfect the other way either. Just so you know, so there's gonna be uh, bumps on the road, 
and my job is to smooth them. Um, but you know, I, I'm good at what I do, very good. But I'm not by no means perfect. One in what in what I do, but two, the situations that are presented are, sure. aren't perfect to begin yeah, with. Right. Yeah. So life happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of a. I guess that's kind of my answer for that. So maybe switching gears a little bit, uh, Jordan. Sounds like Squamish was a market that you were in early on. Well, Vancouver, then Squamish. It strikes me, you know, just talking to people that the city of Vancouver doesn't like Airbnb and they they almost seem vindictive in some ways if you're engaged in it. I don't know if that's actually accurate or not. That's so accurate. Okay, so is there, <laughs> if you were, if you were, if somebody out there is listening and thinking, okay, I want to get involved in this. I don't have a property. I want to buy a property for this. Is downtown Vancouver, uh, where would you buy? If, if is How important is location? How important is it municipality? And, and what type of product? So what type of, uh, what like studio, one bed, two bed, three bed, and where? Yeah, so my answer to that would be, it depends on your budget, obviously. But let's say you have a middle ground budget. Um, you can get a mortgage up to $2 million, Call it that, right? Uh, my answer would be Yaletown. Where is the most happening place in Vancouver? Yeah. Yaletown. So you would be so you would be in Yaletown in the city of Vancouver, regardless of so municipality like the problems with the city, potentially it's still the the payoff, the return is best in Yaletown. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be subjective based on like what what you can do with the parameters set by the city and and um the buildings. Um, but there are buildings that allow it in, in Yaletown. And then there are also situations where you can make it happen, depending on what you're willing to sacrifice in your personal uh, dynamic living situation, right? So, yeah, if with a with a middle ground budget, Yaletown is, you, you got to look at it through the consumer's eyes, which is the guest. Uh, they, they, they're coming to Vancouver, likely wanting to experience things. Yaletown is central to downtown somewhat. And there's also a ton of amazing bars, restaurants, uh, you got the seawall right there. Um, but it's not that big of a, like, like we have high performing Yale town places. It's obviously why I'm saying that. Um, but it's not like, you know, Cole Harbor does so much worse, right? right? It's not like West end is like so much worse off. It's, you know, people just want to be downtown for the most part. Mm -hmm. Right. So that that's that. And um, pe the people that kind of have a little more insight to Vancouver or Yale town's just a name that's being thrown around a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. So close to also great, great sky train stop. And uh, I would imagine the Mark is probably a good candidate. That's the one. Yeah. That's, that's the building. And I, we're probably just going to increase prices there by, by saying <laughs> this. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, I mean, that's just like the most, that's the newest build. Uh, allowable airbnb building yeah. and and uh it looks sexy in photographs and uh yeah it's about as central as you can get right yeah and and budget aside what is the easiest to rent is it is it studios like kind of kind of hotel room style studios is it one beds two beds three beds two bedrooms are the easiest two bedrooms are the easiest yeah two bedrooms and one bedrooms aren't bad as well like they're those they're uh they're seasonality proofed because the larger homes, you you, get, you have people that are likely booking in advance, where the smaller ones, just people book like the day of a lot of the time, or sometimes, uh, right? And they're looking for deals or whatever. And you just got this constant turnover, this traction in Vancouver where people are coming in and out or 
you know, they want to leave, they just want to staycation somewhere or whatever it is, right? Hospital visit because they're from the interior. Like I've, I've seen it all or not all, but a lot of it. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there's the, the one to two bedrooms are seasonality proof because you're catering to a larger market. There's not as many people traveling in big groups. Now, that being said, monet like you can, you can do some crazy things with big homes when you got two families splitting the budget. Right. And it's for a six bedroom. Right. So I uh, like if you, if you have like a, a big time budget, like, you know, East, a, lar- a large home in East Vancouver is a good play. Um, West Vancouver is probably is my play. Um, hmm. I, I like, I just think that, and I don't think this is, uh, this should be common knowledge. Like West Vancouver real estate's come down the most relative to how everything else has come up in the last right. five, six years. And, sure. and to me, like my girlfriend lives in West Vancouver. I grew up on the West side. I started my business out of East Vancouver. If I had to compare all the places, I'd say West side's the nicest. And then West Van's right after that. Yeah. It's like priced the same as East Vancouver, just sure. maybe with a 10% and lower than markup. North Van in a lot, of, a lot yeah. of cases. Right. Right. So value, value, value. And well, yeah. and also downtown's been flat for a long time too. So the Yale Town play makes a lot of sense from from just looking at how the various sub markets have performed over the last five six years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And all that information's out there. Like I, I don't, I don't think uh, anyone, you know, if, if you're hearing it for the first time now, I don't think it'll change the market too much. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, maybe, maybe one more question I have, uh, for you, Jordan, biggest mistake you see, uh, people make when they, when they try and get into the Airbnb market. Going with a different company other than mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Um, biggest mistake is probably not investing in it because there is returns. So when you're really, really tight, you know, you're just going to run into bad reviews right off the hop and you're just going to be discouraged. Mm -hmm. So like those first three reviews are really important, right? For a number of reasons, algorithm, SEO, but also just personal like encouragement. It's really important. Like you, you want to make sure, and it also like can't, can't really explain enough, like how bad it feels to ruin someone's vacation. Right. Right. And like these people are booking your place and they have this entitlement, like they do, like you can't get around that. Like they're, they're paying for it. You're in the service industry. They're entitled to the nines. <laughs> Cleaning standards, having it, all the products they would need there, uh, false advertising. Those are all things like you, you really want to look out for. And a lot of people just don't take serious enough because, you know, you can always make a new listing, but Airbnb, I think Airbnb tracks like how many listings you're making for per address and they catch on and then probably just stop boosting your property to is it, search results. And is it your, your, are you the host? Like, so if I put my home on Airbnb through Arden Properties, is it you or is it me? It's me. Okay. And so, I, so you have presumably like a, you're probably a super host. Yeah. Well, actually I, I lost my super host status um, last quarter just because some properties are bringing my averages down. Some are bringing them up. I mean, at scale, like I said, the biggest, my biggest challenge right now is the integrity of the service. And it's not because I lack uh, the, the, uh, you know, the, the need or the want, the desire to, to provide a service. No, it's just because it's hard. Right. <laughs> so 
you also are more uh, ex- exposed to the variation in expectations uh, with higher properties, right? So, but anyway, yeah, no, it's it's all on it's all under my name mm-hmm. right now. I may change it to a company name uh, as terms of the title of the host. But the reason why I haven't yet, or it's still undecided, is just because big sell of Airbnb is personability. Right. So if I put a company name there, they're like, okay, I'm just, why don't I just book a hotel? Yeah. Right. Where I, yeah, yeah, like I'm not the guy like replying to all the messages anymore. I was like nine months ago. You know, I have like my employee who's literally my friend who I trust as a, you know, a, a personable face right there answering every question instead of like some bot. Sure. Right. And, yeah. or, or just some bot feeling of like some logo and, and title. But I mean, for liabilities, like, you know, I had some crazy people that I've hosted over the last three and a half years where like, I've sometimes feel like endangered walking downtown, like, and not like too crazy, but like, <laughs> yeah, a little crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so for liability sake, I may change it to the company name and. Yeah, that's it's undecided right now because I want to provide that personality. I want to provide that comfort and and have you know a, a smile behind it and not like some logo. Sure. We've got this segment called the Five Wire. Five lighthearted questions to end the show. Can you stick around for that? Oh yeah. The Five Wire is brought to you by Scalina Real Estate. Hey, that sounds familiar. Scalina Real Estate is a full service real estate company serving Vancouver, offering comprehensive tried and tested buyer and seller systems. With over a decade in the top 10% of realtors in the lower mainland and a perfect five-star Google review, Scalina Real Estate can help with all your real estate needs. We also have an extensive network of the best industry professionals and trades right across the country. There's no reason to not get in touch. Head over to scalinarealestate.com to find out more. Okay, perfect. So uh, question number one is one book you would recommend for our listeners? Uh, 12 Rules for Life, Jordan Peterson. Changed my life. Very good. I don't know if we've ever had that one. No, we haven't. Chapter 8, 12 Rules for Life. Don't lie, to you, don't lie to anyone. Don't lie to yourself. Biggest, most influential piece of literature I ever came across. Very good. In the last five years, what is one new belief, behavior, or habit that has most improved your life? Last five years? Sure. Probably that. Don't lie to yourself. Don't, <laughs> don't lie to other people. I was going to say, that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty um, good habit. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all do it, right? So, but when you become aware of it, you do it less. Right. Or at least you try to. And that changes your life. I, I, I will go in on it. Let me go in on this because it's, it's, it's big. And it ch- did change my life. Um, you know, ev- everyone like lives in their own reality, like there's reality and then like no one actually knows what that is. It's just what you perceive. And then there's uh, what you tell yourself and it's what's what you're perceiving, but it's also what you're manipulating to, that you're perceiving. And I see it like amongst everyone I'm concerned myself with and I see it within myself. So if you can keep that as close to as to what you're perceiving as possible, then you're going to live a life where there's just a lot more direction, where there's a lot more rationalism. Yeah, you're not justifying yeah. crazy decisions. And then also, if you keep that consistent in communication, then you the people that you uh, concern yourself with, you, you 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 both will get further. So that, yeah, that, that one actually messed me up for a couple months, and then I got better. <laughs> <laughs> it also helps in business, I guess, because the, the reality is, is, is you're managing expectations when you're working with people, right? 
Yeah, yeah. And obviously, like, I get stressed out when I have to give bad news. But, like, sometimes now I just, like, laugh. Like, I'm sorry, my clients are listening to this. But, like, you know, it is what it is. I can't do anything about it. Like, sometimes it's really good and sometimes it sucks. Same in my life. Yeah. And obviously, it's way easier said than when you're going through it. But you kind of just like if you dance around it, then it's just going to hit you even harder when you when you least expect it or when you're just not as ready instead of kind of get, getting after it head on. And yeah, that, that's that it that actually is it's funny how they went back back to back there. But that that is the one Right on question number two or three. What have you been binge watching lately or a favorite movie recommendation? I don't watch too much TV. The Dahmer, the Dahmer oh. thing. Man. Like I, I started watching that two weeks ago, my girlfriend, um, and that is messed up. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy, and the way they filmed it is even crazier. That guy's a good actor. Um, wow! But I, I haven't watched it. I've seen it That's on not Netflix. Gonna, I yeah, I can't. My wife's not going to be into that. Oh, I don't. It's actually crazy. Yeah, that's not. That's not my thing either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I try to think of something that maybe is more like public friendly. Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't watch too much. Like I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah. Well, and if you're scaling at the rate you are, uh, yeah. yeah, you don't got a lot of time, busy. presumably. Yeah. Question four, favorite band or music? Oh, um, the Migos. Uh, and it's rap music. Um, yeah, Migos, Future, 21 Savage Drake. So, I'm 24, so. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was gonna... <laughs> yeah. I was like, is he having a stroke? I've never, I just, <laughs> yeah, never, yeah. never heard any of these. Uh, what, what's he talking about? Yeah, no. It's, uh, uh, the, I, I like the Eagles, too. Maybe, but, yeah. <laughs> that was targeted at you, yeah, man. Yeah, not, not that old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it is funny though because we at the gym we go to the gym and, and we're like the oldest guys at the gym and I specifically the guy we go with complained about the music and the guy said okay so don't worry guys we're gonna get classic rock in here one of these days and I was like we're not classic rock guys like come <laughs> on man how old do you think we are you know but, what if you're over 40 to someone in their 20s it's just it all yeah, blurs yeah. we could be 80 <laughs> we could be 60 we could be 40 yeah uh, I like Coldplay and U2 as well <laughs> <laughs> oh man and last but not least something that you've purchased for under fifteen hundred dollars that's uh, changed your life in the last few years oh my ipad this thing right here <laughs> yeah and you got the stylus right the uh it, so you you do everything Pencil. on there oh yeah oh yeah i like this thing is like my brain extended it's, it's everything like, it's like a gadget it's uh uh, yeah, I map all my thoughts out on this like infinite note taking app. Wow. So I, I can like imagine like you can zoom in infinitely and zoom out infinitely. So I can put a big idea and then go in depth on it and then come back out to the bigger picture. Does it convert everything to text? Like if you wanted to write down ideas and then convert it to. Yeah, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't because I can't command F and search thoughts, which, ah. which, which. You know, would be would be great, but it probably does too. I just haven't looked too far into it. Right. I kind of like do a monthly. So every month I have like a new page. So like I don't let it go too far without like being able to go back to like what month my thoughts were at. 
Right. And then I type, and then for the stuff that I know I, I will want to come back to and maybe command F, you can type it out on a laptop. And this has a keyboard as well. So I, I can type it out on my iPad too. But I like like flow charting things with the pen and then writing it out myself and mm-hmm. doing diagrams and you know, like for my company structure, like I do on that, I just like put me at the top and then the next people and the next people and then like where they're at in terms of the creative spectrum versus operational spectrum and you know, they're, they're, they're uh, in alignment in the hierarchy. And I, I, I couldn't imagine doing this like 20 years ago. Right. Like, right. I, it's just, I got so, you get so much help. Like yeah. YouTube, like all these things I've mentioned, right? We're lucky. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. How can people get in touch? Um, my, I guess my email is, is one way of my assistance email. Um, but, um, my website was would be the first thing I'd probably do is to take a look at, at us at artandproperties.ca. That's spelled A-R-T-I-N properties.ca. We have an Instagram as well, artandproperties. And then my email is jordan at artandproperties.ca. Um, and yeah, that's that, those, are, those are the ways. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for taking the time today. Thank you. Yeah, it was my it was an absolute pleasure, guys. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with CEO and founder of Art and Properties, Jordan Deramingen. Really enjoyed that conversation with Jordan, Matt. Great having him in uh, studio. And uh, it's been a while. I actually can't, uh, can't recall the uh, uh, details from the conversation, but I remember leaving thinking it, it's an interesting play for a revenue property in Vancouver just because of how transient uh, a lot of people are in our city. Well, the, yeah, the two obvious things that I think of why this makes a lot of sense uh, if you're if you own a property uh, where this is possible. Of course, cash flow is always challenging in Vancouver, no matter how you slice it, no matter what the market conditions are. And, and this is this kind of supercharges your property that way. And and like you mentioned, there's there's all sorts of industries with people moving in and out of Vancouver all the time. Uh, for sh- and they need short-term accommodations, so um, it makes a lot of sense in in a lot of situations. So great having Jordan on the show, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think the big thing, the big takeaway for me is, uh, you know, it, it's worth having a conversation with someone like Jordan if you have a property because you might not be someone who's eligible for Airbnb, but you it might work for you know a, a three-month rental or a six-month furnished rental. Um, there might be some options that you just haven't considered. So the first thing is to talk to someone like Jordan who can advise and uh, help you kind of navigate which is, which is really a complicated process because there are a lot of rules and restrictions around short-term rentals in our market. Absolutely. And Adam, we have one more show for the end of the year. Uh, and then uh, we are, we're taking, I you know what? We haven't really talked about this. I think we're coming back second week of January. I don't think there's any way around it. I, I've literally spent the last three weeks lining up guests, and I can tell you there are some insane guests coming. We're going to start off. I think we can say uh, Clint Murphy's coming back on the show. This was, is more exciting for me, I think, than anyone. I th- cannot wait because this is who better to like goal plan for for your future uh, and for the the next year for 2023 
than Clint Murphy. This I mean, is, man. and if you didn't, if you haven't heard Clint's episode earlier this year, he is kind of heads and shoulders above people in terms of thinking about goal fat planning, uh, retirement planning, fat fire, uh, but also like happiness. Like he's, he's a uh, follow him on Instagram he's, and Twitter. A, he's, you'll you'll he's be amongst, a, it's, it's a game changer. Yeah. You'll be amongst a couple hundred thousand other people that follow him. Uh, but he's so great at thinking about these things and explaining them. Uh, so it's going to be yeah. fantastic. He's going to start off the year. Folks that have listened to the show for a very long time will remember that we once had Andre Pavlov, the SFU uh, economics professor, debate Tom Davidoff, Dr. Tom Davidoff from UBC. That was a couple of years back. We are having a round two. And they, yes. they, they are, uh, this is going to be like a Rocky Balboa match. This is great. We have that lined up, including, I can't even think like 10 other episodes that I'm just so excited for, uh, 2023 is going to be, is going to be fantastic. Yeah. I, I cannot wait, Matt. I'm looking forward to do some goal planning here at the end of the year. I can't wait. I, I, yeah, this is just 2023 is going to be a big year, more shirts, new website. So many things coming. Absolutely. Absolutely. As speaking of website, Adam, that is Vancouver real estate podcast.com. Head over to Vancouver real estate podcast.com for all things real estate related, including the Vancouver commercial real estate podcast, which I think I mentioned in the intro, the last, or maybe I didn't, maybe I just thought about it. I can't remember the last episode of the year talking to John Switzer about the recent uh, interest rate increase and what that means for the commercial market and why John is very excited about 2023, what that for tells about uh, interest rates moving forward in the into the next year. And I actually probed Corey during that episode about his strategy right now in the commercial market. And I feel like it was, it was a, I've been thinking about it ever since. So that just came out. That's at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com too. And we'll ha we have summaries, of course, of all the, the past episodes, including that one. Uh, we have the Livewire. This is our weekly mailer. Deal of the month. Stats before anyone else. Different types of sat stats. Sorry, sales ratios and all the rest. Deal of the month. We also have, of course, Adam, private client services. Because, Matt, if you were not using PCS, you were standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips, vancouverrealestatepodcast.com slash PCS for your own free account. Or you can get in touch with us, Matt. How can people get in touch with you? Try me anytime, 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or adam at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. We also got that Kokomo line, info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. Yeah, you can basically set a watch to this haircut. It's crazy. <laughs> the co Living the Kokomo lifestyle. I love it. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you're, you're, you're making memories down there. And that's the most important yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Have a Take good care. week, everyone. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.